following was produced by Pirate Radio Studios Incorporated in Memphis, Tennessee. Hello, my name is Rick Cheddar, and this is From Radioland. Greetings, salutations, hello, hey, how's it going? Welcome to another episode from Radioland from the home office in Memphis, Tennessee. This is episode number 447. Uh-huh, for those that are keeping score, this is um, uh, the production date. It's, as usual, the date of air, uh, the 11th of January, 2023. Ah, uh, yeah, off to a roaring start into the year, huh? I, I guess. I don't, another another calendar has, uh, has turned its page. And here we are uh, on this particular uh, this particular date, this particular night. It's uh, just a couple hours before airtime or so. We're anxiously awaiting the arrival of more rain. Yay. Uh, speaking of which, uh, the <clears throat> those of you in California. Wow. Uh, lots of water, man. Uh, San Francisco. Wow. It's getting a bath. Well, at least it'll wash all the urine out of the streets. So you got that going for you. God, Rick, you got to be so cruel. Uh, look, you know, it's one of those things. And, 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 you know, look, it happens. It's, you know, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not denying the fact that there's some serious weather issues that are going on. Uh, California is known for mudslides and some flooding from time to time and a fair amount of rain every once in a while. They're also known for a lot of droughts and, uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of fire. Um, it's a cyclic event. Yes. And it is also powered by uh, climate change. Uh, you know, there's people that debate about it, you know, and I don't know why you're debating it, because it's an obvious fact. The whole point here being that the um, <clears throat> nature abhors a vacuum and it will find a way to balance itself off. So you that's why you have extreme events. If it's extremely dry, you'll get extreme wet at some point down the way. That's what's happening, and uh, it's a mess. It's uh, it's a rough thing. Uh, where we live over here in the middle of the country, the logistical center of the universe, it seems, uh, we have uh, very hot summers and, and oftentimes very cold winters. Right now, though, it is not. We've got rain coming here. It's It was up near 70 today here, which seems kind of odd, and we've got some colder weather that's coming. And usually, usually the end of January – through you know middle or most of february it gets it gets rather cold you know it wasn't too long ago a couple of weeks or a few weeks back we had the uh that arctic blast that blew through here it's less than a month ago right there before christmas and uh yeah that was uh that was not fun busted water mains rolling blackouts arctic temperatures i think it was colder here than it was on mars or something to that effect i read uh, i don't <laughs> it could be Hey, we're not here to talk about the weather, though. No, we are not. I wanted to get into. Some, I wanted to talk about this uh, for a while because it's all in the news quite a bit here of late, and uh, we're going to delve into. Uh, we're going to delve into artificial intelligence. Uh huh. We're gonna. We're gonna. We're gonna have a chat about that. It's kind of spooky, and it's a little alarming, maybe, but we'll explain. AI. That's the subject of this episode from Radioland. Don't run away. 
Do you run a business and want to learn how you can get between $10,000 to $5 million in 60 seconds? We're Biz to Credit, a top-rated online financing provider to hundreds of thousands of America's business owners. If your business does at least $120,000 a year in gross sales, we can get you more money to run your business in as little as 72 hours. Our terms are simple, repayment plans are flexible, and based on your cash flow. Plus, the paperwork is minimal and the approval process is fast. So in the time you've listened to this commercial, you could have learned if you qualify to get up to $5 million in cash deposited to your business bank account in the next two to three days. Funding specialists are ready to take your call right now and get you the money you need fast. Call 800-559-5809. That's 800-559-5809. Again, 800-559-5809. Call now. Almost everywhere you turn, <clears throat> when you're you know when you're reading news, you know online, as a lot of people do. I'm I'm one of those people that that do, that do that that does that 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 reads. I I like to read. <clears throat> Reading is good. Reading is fundamental. Reading a, is a way for you to acquire knowledge. Now the question is: Is it accurate knowledge or not? That's that's uh, that's that's there's there's that. And uh, one of the things I, I you know I enjoy, enjoy reading because it's part of a segment of the uh, morning show is science news. And often what I see while perusing uh, looking for some sort of. Uh, uh, interesting tale to get into is this discussion, this ongoing discussion of artificial intelligence, and it seems like it's exploded in this discussion over you know over, over recent months. And why is that? <clears throat> well, I'll tell you why that is. There is a, a company called OpenAI, uh, Open Artificial Intelligence, and what they did is they put out on online. It's on the web. You can go there. Just search Chat GPT. It's a chat bot. But it's also a educated chat bot of sorts. It'll write papers for you. It'll generate uh, code if you're a programmer. It'll do all sorts of things. And uh, the kids have been playing around with it, and they're getting their school papers written by it. <laughs> uh -huh. um, it doesn't cost anything to use. And it's there for you to fool around with. I think all you have to do is give it an email address and to sign in to use it. That's all, that's all there is to it. And I don't know if it spams you or not or if it sells your information or not. Probably it does. I don't know. I haven't signed on to it. I'm going to talk about something that I've never used. What I am going to really be talking about, though, is its impact. <coughs> Pardon me. It's imp I had peppers on my sandwich. That's what's, that's what's my problem. I love, I love peppers. Jalapeno peppers. Mmm, tasty. The uh, the point being here that the reaction to what this thing has done has opened up this weird Pandora box, Pandora's box, and ChatGPT is uh, it's 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 an interesting tool, and it has uh, brought you know it's it has really kind of come under the heels of um, uh, artificial intelligence driven art. That's a thing too, amongst other things. There's kind of a there's kind of a bit to unpack here. Uh, the question is, and it and it always it always comes back to this: Is this the end of all of our jobs? It, you know, we 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 we've talked for years about robots becoming the thing. <coughs> the uh, the notion that in factories uh, robots are taking over manufacturing jobs and things like that. Yeah, that's true. We see it all the time, uh, specifically for heavily repetitive work. And it's, you know, its ability to do some pretty 
incredible heavy lifting for you and not have to worry about that kind of thing. The people over at Boston Dynamics, of course, have been working on those humanoid robots and dogs and stuff that just run around and dance and do all sorts of crazy stuff <clears throat> that can be somewhat alarming. And they've progressed rather rapidly over the years in what they can do. As far as I understand, they have not instilled them so much with artificial intelligence. Just It's just this thing that is reacting to the environment that it is in, uh, whether it's walking up a hill, whether it's walking over uh, a rugged terrain, whether whatever it is it's doing, whatever it's been programmed to do, it does. That's one thing. Now, giving it a brain that is artificial is the is the other kind of really weird, alarming part, because what does this hold for us? What does this hold for our future? Dr. Stephen Hawking, <clears throat> Jesus, Dr. Stephen Hawking put it best when he said that fooling around with artificial intelligence was really kind of dangerous. Uh, I don't know that he envisioned a world where software, which is in essence what artificial intelligence is, software becoming sentient to the point that it's going to be making decisions. They do. We do have we do have computers and software that do make decisions. That's what they are designed to do. Uh, if you take a look, for, for example, as crude as it may be, the uh, self-driving functions of certain cars that are out there or the uh, driver-assisted uh, safety features in some cars with the sensors and stuff that, you know, check to see that your lane is clear and uh, that, you know, you're not going to run into anybody or you're staying on the road, keeping you from, you know, weaving all over the place, that kind of thing. That's basic stuff. Now, if it's coming down to making – now, scientists have used these these things to make critical decisions or at least – investigate certain phenomena that occurs in the in the universe in the world um, in the in the world of uh, medicine they are using artificial intelligence to develop new chemical patterns for drugs uh, they're able to assist in diagnosing illness they're able to do some pretty remarkable things what that does is it increases the percentage of accuracy that's the way I've always felt about that uh, and then there's then there's other things. There's other things that become a little bit more <clears throat> less altruistic, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, you can take a look at the Humble algorithm, which is nothing more than a mathematical formula that gathers some information that will uh, use by use of probability knows that that you're like, for example, you're surfing around on the web, you're looking at things, it sees that you've shown an interest in something, and therefore it starts to it's of course it's used for advertisement. It thinks that you're interested in that particular product, so it tries to sell that to you. Anybody who's ever noticed having a like, if you did a search for, I don't know, let's say, let's say you you uh, you saw an another advertisement for a thing. I don't know. Uh, let's make something up here. Uh, a vacuum cleaner that you were interested in a particular type of vacuum cleaner, not for you to buy. You've already got one. It does the job. It pulls dirt and shit out of your rug. And away you go. But you've heard about this one particular brand of vacuum cleaner. And it's like, wow, that looks expensive. So you check it out to see how much it is. And you go, wow, shit, that's expensive. And now that you've not learned the bit of information you needed to know about this thing, the universe in the Internet believes that you want one. <clears throat> so it's going to tell you where to buy one and what are the best deals. are, And this will go on for several weeks. This is that geo-targeted weirdness um, and algorithmic weirdness of trying to sell you stuff. Uh, 
I personally, I and we've talked about it here before. I personally, I don't think it's it's accurate because because of that very thing. If there is something I need to purchase, I don't know, um, a hat. I'm looking for a particular type of hat, and I go over to the big uh, the big river store, right, the Amazon, and I, I I see the hat that I want, and I buy that hat, and the hat is on its way to my home. What happens over the next several weeks? Ads for hats. Well, I've already bought the goddamn hat. I don't need to have another advertisement of said hat in my face every five seconds. So therefore, it becomes a wasted, a wasted moment, a wasted impression, as they call it. Their impressions of the, an ad has been impressed upon you based on a faulty algorithm that doesn't know whether or not you bought the thing, nor does it seem to care, really. But it might it might say things like, well, you bought the hat. Check out these scarves, you know, that kind of thing. I, you know, but back to artificial intelligence. Um, there are stories of people who had uh, these are artists, right? Physical artists, these are painters, digital artists, maybe somebody who paints, somebody, somebody who draws things, somebody who like a graphic designer. And uh, there's one particular story. I read about an individual who had done some artwork for like a cover of a book or something, and it was rejected uh, by uh, the the people who were putting that book out. And they said that, no, it, it, you cannot use artificial intelligence to draw pictures or paint pictures or whatever it was it was doing. And dude had a fight on his hand to say that he he didn't do that. He, that's just the, that his, his that is his style of artwork. That creates an interesting problem, doesn't it? Because how do you how do you prove that you didn't use it? That's the thing. That's the problem that that lies with all of this. Uh, another issue that seems to be happening in that world is that websites that that bring you some type of news often will hire content providers, right? They'll, they'll hire a writer. You work from home, you work for Yahoo or whatever, and uh, your job is to crank out, I don't know, four or five articles a day, and uh, you send it and they pay you, and, you know, life is great. They're using, they're using artificial intelligence, this chat GPT thing, maybe one of them, where they give it the parameters of an article that need to be written, and they say, listen, I need a 1,000 words on, you know, um, automotive design and it does this and then your work is done. High school students use it using, uh, using chat GPT to write term papers is a thing as alarming as that is. And it comes complete with sources and all of that. It's forcing some teachers in some schools to, to tell their students, look, if you're going to rewriting a paper for me, you're going to be using it with pen and paper. Which is still sort of silly because all they have to do is get ChatGPT to write it and they just copy it down by hand. Takes a little extra time, I know, but still, there's that. That's that's the thing about this. Uh, it, can, it can generate these articles. It can write long-form things. It could probably write a book if it wanted to. I don't know how good it is. I, I've read anything written like that. I've read news articles that have been written by uh, artificial intelligence. They're not that great. They, t- they seem to be a bit disjointed. 
And here's an alarming thing too. This kind of affects affects me more more than uh, than most of you listening. Uh, they are now using artificial intelligence through text to speech, and what they have now is digital narrators for audiobooks. Apple's the one that's launched that bit of fun. And they've got a male voice and I got a female voice so far. I've listened to both of them. They're not that good. I mean, they're okay. I mean, it's it's a few steps above something like, say, Siri or Alexa or something like that. But they're knocking on the door of cloning a human voice enough to the point where they can just it can just do it. I didn't, and it goes, and it does beg the question: Are guys like me almost out of a job because of this? Some audiobook narrators and voice actors seem to think that the end may be near. I don't buy that. I really don't buy that. Uh, mainly because just it reading basic text is not. It, it doesn't do it very well. Inflections are off. Uh, it, it doesn't. I don't know. It doesn't have any real. It does not. Well, it's not human which is what we're going to get into here in just a moment. <clears throat> More on that in just a moment. Uh, audiobooks are now representative of about uh, 70 to 75% of the uh, of the market, of book market. I mean, I'm talking like literature. Whatever book you buy, there is a basically an audiobook of it. You can find them anywhere and everywhere. And that's what I do. One of the things that I do is I sit here and I... And I read books into into actually this microphone, and do and do the thing. I'm in one right now. I should be working on it right now, but I'm not. the the and The point is, though, the book that I like, for example, the book I'm working on now has a bit of dialogue in it, <clears throat> not much, but it has some in it. It's a it's a it's a it's a rather humorous autobiography that uh, uh, does relate to some conversations that have occurred between. Uh, the guy who wrote it, which is, is written in first person, and you know conversations like with his friends, and there, you know, when you do that as an audiobook narrator, as a producer stuff, you, you got to act it out a little bit. You know, you don't just sit there and go. And he said, "Go get the dog a bone." You got to act it out a bit. You know, he says, "Well, he said, hey, listen, go get the dog a bone." AI cannot do that. And I know some people out there that would say, well, just give it time. They'll figure it out. No. No, because if it if it requires an operator of said AI to constantly tweak the damn thing, you might as well have hired a human being to sit down behind a mic and make it happen. Is it possible to make a, a full-length film, animated and all, using AI derivative art, script, and voice to pull that off, you bet it's all possible. Is it going to be any good? Absolutely not. It's going to be weird, and it's not going to work. It's a, it, it, the, the a the story will be odd. I would say something about Hollywood's current state of affairs when it comes to the final act, but there is that. The actors are going to look a little odd. The what it what it deems to be the appropriate visual effect for you know whatever the situation is going to be a little odd. I don't know. I, I'm sure there's somebody working on that very thing right now as we speak. A completely artificially intel an, an AI derived 
production. And that's part of the problem here is that if you're allowing computers to do their part in culture, in art, whether it's acting or writing or painting pictures, sculpting, now I can't say I can't see that happening, but whatever it is, the things that what it's what makes us human, right? Oh, yeah, I know. I've seen elephants paint pictures. Yeah, but they're sentient creatures. I'll, I'll go to the mat with anybody over that. Same with dogs. Which also begs that question, is sentience within a box full of lights and wires possible? No. I will give you that answer. I don't believe that's possible. I could be wrong, but I, I don't see that happening. There was a discussion on Reddit several months back about this very thing. Well, this guy posed the theory, or his point of view, that he believed automated systems, AI, okay, even incorporated into the use of a robot, should be granted some sort of rights. Um, no, I don't believe so. That'd be like giving your car rights. A car does what you tell it to do, usually with the use of your hands and your feet. Yeah, it's like giving a toaster a right. No, it shouldn't have that because it's not sentient. I don't believe that sentience will occur within computer systems, no matter how elaborate they are. And I'll tell you why. Scientists cannot determine the level of sentience or even consciousness that exists within any living thing, specifically human beings. There's been massive debates about that forever. Does a cat have a sentience? Is it conscious? Of course it is. Yes. If you've ever spent any time around any living thing, they know. They're not just working on just straight-up instincts. Some of them more so than others, perhaps. But personally, I don't think that that, you know... You, you, I don't think you can sit there and say, well, they, they don't have that. And I don't think you could program that because if you ha if you were to program sentience and consciousness within the realms of software and a computer, you'd have to understand what that was first before you could tell a computer what to do with it. Does that make sense? It does in my head. <laughs> you know, because really, look, computer and its software are really doing doing one thing. They're doing what it's been told to do. It's executing a series of commands, usually at lightning lightning pace, and uh, it's it's doing those things, but it's it doesn't give rhyme nor reason or thought. It never gives an option. One of the uh, one of the f more amusing ways to look at this is the whole notion of random randomness within computing. You know, that's one of the hardest things a computer can do is be random. It can spin a, a virtual wheel. And if you if you wanted to, okay, let's just say you want to, you want, you got a, like a wheel that is, uh, that's got uh, uh, numbers on it from one to a hundred, right? And, you know, you want it to give you a random number. Well, over a series of time, it doesn't become all that random. 
Uh, what about the lottery? That's why they use those balls. But see, they're not necessarily, I think, all using that. I think they're doing it digitally, too. Because then you have the you have that same notion with the lottery, right? You have the six numbers in the in the big, you know, mega billions jackpot thing, whatever that is. You have the exact same odds of of six random numbers that you've chosen as you do of having the computer choose them, because that's what the quick pick is. And I can simply play one, two, three, four, five, and six and have the exact same odds as anybody else. It's a weird thing, but that's that's what that is. And there's there's a whole thing in it about how complicated all that can be when it comes to the way lotteries work. But uh, that's not what this is about. Getting a computer to be random is not easy, and I can tell you, I can prove that. Radio Memphis, its main playlist, which you hear on the air at any given moment, is done on a shuffle. Okay, that a shuffle is nothing more than a random thing. So it shuffles things, and then it plays. And then it moves on to the next, and it reshuffles, and it moves on. What it doesn't do that. That's the way I've learned about it. It doesn't do that. So I, you know, we have like I don't know, like eight hundred and something songs in regular rotation. Far more than a lot of radio stations do. But that's what we that's what we do. We keep it at that number for a reason. But here's the point: it doesn't play random stuff. It has rules it has to follow, right? that we've set it up so it doesn't play the same artist back-to-back. It's two for Tuesdays. God, what a horrible idea. And it doesn't play the same one back-to-back. What it does do is it goes through and picks the least played cut next. And if left to its own devices for 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 a bit of time, those 815 songs find themselves in an order. And it becomes repetitive until I manually reset the counts. It's at its freshest when that happens. So, so we do that every once in a while to, 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 to keep that randomness in its place. Randomness is a, is a weird concept because um, it doesn't really occur in nature that we're aware of. I know, I know that these are all arguable points and I'll give you that. I have no I have no issue with that at all. But if you look around and give it just a little bit of thought, it's kind of hard to find what randomness does occur. You know, trees grow in an area because their seeds got there. And a bird may have dropped it or pooped it out or whatever the case may be. Is that random? Yeah, in theory, but that but that tree's still growing there amongst other trees. Lakes occurred because there was a gap, a hole in the ground, and it filled up with water through some geological force that, you know, one thing led to another. You can go on and on and on with all of this thing, and I'm not here to do all that because that's not what this is about. Part of being human is our apparent randomness, and we and we do do random things. We're messy creatures. Most living things kind of are. A computer, oh, well, let me back up. Because of that messiness, right, we have things like music. We have things like art and culture. We have the written word. We have oration, right? You got you got people that are like, you know, well, like stand-ups, comics, or sit-downs if you're Mo Alexander. You got stuff like this that could happen. Um, I don't. It might be weird. I mean, I don't know. It would be interesting to see if I could 
get AI to do an episode of this show. Or at least part of it. I don't, I don't know that I would, I don't know. It, I just have my doubts about a lot of this. I just don't, I don't see that being a thing. Because one of the things that we do as people, and we've talked about on the show as, 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 as well, is that people that consume shows like this or listen to the radio or watch television or whatever, it's part of a desire to have human contact. That's what that is. And you, you, you won't get that if it's coming artificially. It's a bit of a fraud, isn't it? I remember watching, uh, I guess it was one of the later Star Wars things, long after Carrie Fisher had passed away. And lo and behold, she shows back up in, in uh, one of the films as the younger version of her. And you know what that was? I mean, I get what they were doing for you know story's sake, but... Um, almost immediately, it seemed distracting. It's like, wow, because your, your your brain knows what's up. It knows it's not supposed to be there. You're seeing something that isn't supposed to be happening. And it didn't look right. It didn't feel right. And I think that's that's the thing. Going back to the audiobook thing, um, I, I, I personally, I believe what, what will probably happen is they're going to, all of these decisions about using this stuff yeah, it's a parlor trick. I use that term a lot, and I think it is true. I think artificial intelligence is a is a pretty cool parlor trick, and it does may have it. It does may it may have its place somewhere, and its proper confines. But I don't know that we could ever fully re- rely on it. Uh, not that it's infallible, but it's not human. That's what makes us who we are, and if you are allowing artificial intelligent things to make earth-shattering decisions or tell you stories or give you, I don't know, a peek at the universe in a cold sort of manner, then you'll know that. I know one of the rules with Apple Books with this whole thing is that the, um, you know, there's a, there's a, there's an audio credit if you've ever, if you've never listened to one, um, there's an audio credit. So it'll be like, uh, you know, uh, Something off the top of my head. Uh, such and such book written by so-and-so, narrated by so-and-so. And then it goes into the thing. And um, the way they have to do it is, here's this book written by blank, narrated by a digital voice. They have to put that in there. Narrated by a digital voice. Modeled after a human, I think is what they have to do. Something, I don't know the exact words, but it's something along those lines. Narrated by a digital voice created you know to match a human or something something that effect it's audiences are going to be the one that's going to decide that um i've encountered it as as many of you have with um certain videos maybe you'll uh you'll find on youtube or god tiktok is really bad about this too the the um you'll you'll be watching i don't know like some sort of a weird history type of thing documentary thing and it's narrated by a text-to-speech type of thing. And, you know, my brain just flips out when I hear it. I immediately go to something else. I'm not going to watch it. And those TikTok things, I know it comes with, there's the there's the girl voice, the boy voice. He'll never be, he'll never suspect what he eats when he opens up that bowl. Next, move along. Of course, I don't use TikTok anymore. I, I, I got away from it. It's just... There was just too many other creepy things. Speaking of artificial intelligence, what is that thing doing? What, what is it not supposed to be doing that it is doing? That's just it. This is a um, this is a surprise. 
And people go, hey, this is a neat trick. I want this in my home. I want to do things with it. Well, you've already got that, and it it knows everything about you because it watches you. Just a few moments ago, that that whole whole story about uh, Roomba, the special Roombas that had the cameras on them, not just the sensors to find out how your how your house is laid out so it could vacuum properly, but the cameras, and it was taking pictures and then uploading them uh, onto servers, and ultimately they found it way onto Facebook for whatever reason. Remember that story? Yeah. Well, it turns out that the people that they had that had volunteered to use this thing were never fully aware that that's where those pictures would wind up. And they knew they knew there was a camera there, but they didn't know how intimate that stuff was going to be and what all was being, you know, shared and uploaded. Now, the question is, is that a result of uh, a trick in the software inside the artificial intelligence that was doing that, that it was told to take pictures and then upload them to the server for, I don't know, researchers to look at? I or what? And how did they wind up in social media? These are all questions, though, because they, they're going to sit there and go, well, a robot did it. Yeah, but the, you can't you can't debate the fact that, okay, if, if, God, let's just say we live in a time where a robot commits a crime. And they go, well, a robot did it. Well, yeah, but who programmed that robot? It does not absolve human beings of of anything. If you'll recall the book, Frankenstein, Mary Shelley, it's subtitled as A Modern Prometheus. And Victor Frankenstein is trying to play God. He basically is. And of course, as you know, the story, it doesn't go well. It doesn't go well for everybody. You remember his his wife, his his new wife had died, or his fiance had died, and he tried to bring her back, and oh, it was just a mess. Um, are we trying to? I, and I don't think that's. I don't think we're doing that. I don't think we're playing God. I don't think that's what's happening here. I think we're trying to develop tools that we can use to do all sorts of things that may or may not be proper. I don't know. Um, using artificial intelligence to create art, I think, is a Horrible idea. Because what's going to stop artificial intelligence from creating its own band? You know? What's going to stop it from creating a television show or artwork that right now, because all that does is it just makes artwork disposable. You just you can just delete it because it, it this thing can just crank it out. And it's not even a quote-unquote artist. It just does this. Or have it write a an important story. Have it read you a story. It seems like it has emotion, like it, like you know, as an actor should, like it should emote and react to the situation that's telling you, but it doesn't. And I'll tell you something else that's kind of weird about this goddamn thing. When you hear the uh, the digital narration, it doesn't breathe. There's no, there's none of that. They've taken that out of there. I know, I know there's people out there, there's uh, voice actors and stuff that say, well, you got to take the breaths out of all of it. It doesn't sound natural when you do that. It's strange. It's kind of creepy. I don't know what, what, you know, what the road is going to hold. I don't believe, and it's not just me being wishful here. I'm just wishful thinking here. I, I, I do believe 
that all of your jobs are safe for the most part. I, you know, they do have their, you know, these robots and these uh, bits of software. They do have their place. I understand that. And perhaps they will find their place and stay in their place. I don't believe they should be put into any position of decision-making or authority. Nah. No, not at all. It's a it's a tool. It's a tool in the toolbox that, that could, it can do stuff. You know, it can move things. It can help shipping, I suppose. Or it can uh, work as a forklift. It, uh, I don't know. There's a, a scads of ways it can do this. But I don't think it's going to replace anybody. What did I see? I, I, I didn't go through the whole story, but I saw the headline where a uh, a bit of AI is being used that's been trained, if you will, to work as an attorney with knowledge of the law and it's going to argue cases. I, you know, come on. That's just stupid. That is just stupid. Speaking of which, there's people that are going to go, well, what about in the operating room? Because there are surgeries that are done with robotics. Yeah. I guess. What if something goes horribly wrong? What decisions are, you know, are going to be laid out there? What, what, what choices does it make? And look, the, the thing about being human and being operated on by a human is that I trust that better than I would automation, I guess. How does artificial intelligence arrive to a successful conclusion when it has to make a decision in essence for this example a self-driving vehicle flying down the road and a deer jumps out into the road which happens all the time and it it has to make a decision whether it's going to swerve out of the way of the deer and hit the child standing on the sidewalk or hit the deer and move along This, there's, there, I think there's errors in the code here. I, I don't know. There's a lot to, there's a lot to ponder with this thing. It's, it's uh, not quite the uncanny valley. I'll give you that. It seems to be getting closer, and it seems to be getting a bit alarming. I don't know. It's worth having the discussion. And it's worth, you know, it's worth pondering. There's been scads of science fiction film and uh, books of on this very topic. And uh, it was Isaac Asimov. Um, iRobot. Great book. Ray, Bra- Ray Bradbury, I think, delved into that a little bit. Of course, Philip Dick. Uh, there's, you know, there's all sorts of stuff that's out there, and they make, they do make for fun stories. <laughs> James Cameron's The Terminator, right? Uh, there's all of these things that are out there that that are fun, but but it's like all of a sudden, instead of putting ourselves in a position where you know we're living in the world of Star Trek as opposed to the Terminator is a decision that somebody's going to have to make and I don't know that we have to accept this and it's real simple if you find say this you I know I keep beating this to death but it's the only world I know if you find an audiobook that's narrated by a computer then don't buy it find the one that's narrated by a human being Personally, I think the experience will be far better because, you know, we've all been trained on how to do this. Some of us are better at it than others. And it does seem that, at least in my opinion, that that narrated thing, you know, the the narrator that's doing this thing 
it's going to be kind of boring. It's all going to sound the same as uh, as time goes on. That's just that's just how that works. And so, you know, once again, you vote with your wallet. And <laughs> you know, uh, as much fun as those Alexa devices are, and those uh, the Google Dots or whatever, you know, all that stuff is uh, Amazon's version of it. And you know, I, I don't I don't want one of those in my home. I know they do some cool things, but I don't want to be a product myself. I think that's part of it. Um, yeah, I don't like the ring doorbell thing either. It's a great trick, but you know who else has access to it? When, when you got the internet of things, it, it becomes really bizarre. And now if you've got AI that is going to have access to the web and it's going to be learning stuff like it's online, you know the old gag, everything you hear on the internet has got to be true. Well, none of it is. This show included, I guess. I don't know. I'm just trying to bring it up. It's all food for thought. You just need to make up your own decisions and try and figure out just how far down that road you really want to go because, you know, it is a slippery slope. And when you find out that thing is smarter than you, then you got big problems. Hi, this is Reverend Oma with the Broom Closet Metaphysical Shop. We have a huge selection of spiritual supplies and gifts for whatever your path or practice. We stock hundreds of gemstones and specimens and carry a variety of beautifully crafted gemstone jewelry starting at just $10. Our talented staff offer tarot readings, aura and chakra analysis, and sound baths. Book your appointment or shop online at thebroomcloisetmemphis.com or visit our shop in downtown Memphis at 552 South Main. Come to the Broom Closet and let us help you light your path. Hey, this is Dave from The Dave Show, here to talk to you about Outlaw Television. The Outlaw Television Network was built to give independent artists a way to showcase their talent. So if you're a band, a solo artist, a comedian, or maybe you're an independent filmmaker, Outlaw Television wants to see what you got. All you have to do is go to outlawtelevision.com, hit the submit button, and submit your video for consideration on the Outlaw Television Network. So go to outlawtelevision.com and submit your video today. Here's what's coming up on the next episode from Radio Land with Rick Cheddar. How is cryptocurrency still a thing? Huh? I don't get that. I mean, it started out as kind of a weird dream, right? It was the whole the whole notion here was we could we could pull out pocket lint and assign a value to it and we could sell it and make money and then and all of this. Except it didn't. It was a short, relatively short-lived thing where the idea seemed like a kind of a cool thing, but it was all of a sudden these younger people were taking money from the old guys up on Wall Street and everybody panicked. Well, when money gets inserted into a lot of things, you know what happens? It gets really, really messy. And when that when there's enough of it that's gonna get in there, then you're gonna have you're gonna have crashes. You're gonna have companies that are gonna go belly up. You're gonna have uh, you're gonna have well, what you're gonna wind up having is a bunch of people like Bernie Madoff that are gonna be stealing left and right because it's always, always, never enough. For previous episodes, go to radio-memphis.com. To download episodes to your mobile device, search the show in iTunes, player.fm, stitcher.com, pocketcast, or tune in. And now, here's more with Rick Cheddar from Radio Lab. Such as it is, uh, I can tell you with uh, speaking of one last note about artificial intelligence. Um, iHeartRadio attempted it. They sure shit did. It was long after I'd left there. Uh, they had announced that they were uh, that they were going to put an artificially intelligent disc jockey on the air. <laughs> uh-huh. They did, and it didn't go well. And uh, it, <laughs> I, I, you know, 
they can't replace everybody. It, it's, it's, well, it seems human. Boy, what an odd phrase to actually get to lay out there. It seems human. It seems like it throws what is like it's not complicated, but Jesus Christ, you know. <laughs> uh, also, uh, Amazon has announced that they are cutting some funding out of Alexa. It's not it's not doing what it was designed. To, well, it is doing what it's designed to do, but it, but except for one major thing, and that is it's supposed to help people buy more shit on Amazon. And it's not, you know, people just aren't doing that. If they want something, they open up the app, you know, that's, or they hop to the website. They do whatever it takes to get what they need. Um, yeah. <laughs> so don't expect that to be hanging around. I think there is going to be coming a point where, you know, artificial intelligence will find its little niche somewhere, maybe, you know, kept in labs to help uh, scientists do some monotonous things. But that's really about it. And there's going to have to be some rules on this as well, especially with the arts. And I, I guarantee you, and I, although I haven't seen this come to fruition yet, but I am not, I would not be surprised at all if um, the uh, talent unions out there, uh, SAG-AFTRA, uh, Screen Actors Guild and the American Federation of Radio and Television Artists, if they don't get involved and uh, protect actual protect actual art, yeah. Have books narrated by humans. Have television shows acted by real actors or voice actors or whatever for animation, whatever it is that you're going to do. Um, you know, don't screw with the writers in this world. Look, artists, you know, art is art. If you look at culture, that's what we fight for all the time. I know some people get a little weird about that kind of thing about, you know, oh, it's let's just cut the funding. We don't need all that. You can't do that. What's the point, right? We have art for a reason, and it celebrates our humanity, and it celebrates our, it celebrates our consciousness, you know, and it celebrates a lot of things that, about what makes us human, and it's our perception of things that are around us, you know. You and I could be standing shoulder to shoulder, looking at a field of sunflowers, and you and I will see vastly different things. It's just the way that is. That's why. That's why we need to. We need to keep it that way. All art belongs to the humans yeah and it, yeah if you want to see a you know a chimpanzee uh you know paint a picture that's a cute trick but that you know that chimp doesn't eh, you know they might i it's clever they're more interested in the banana you're holding instead of that uh instead of that paintbrush you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah 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 there it is that's it i'm done i'm out of here uh back at it in the morning at radio-memphis.com with radio memphis in the morning and uh, all sorts of fun stuff as we get through it into your Thursday. And here's a quick plug, too. Tundria and Gerald will be on the air Thursday night, 7 p.m. Central, for the Radio Memphis Live Music Hour. Plus, uh, we're going to start with the booze and blues uh, this Sunday, this coming Sunday, right? That would be, what, the 13th? 14th? Uh, 15th. Yeah, 15th of... Uh, Friday's the 13th, man. Look out. Uh, <laughs> the 15th of January is... Uh, Chris Pitts and Memphis Prime performing in studio as they get ready to represent Memphis and the International Blues Challenge. Yep, they're the best blues band in Memphis as selected by the Memphis Blues Society members and uh, the voters and the judges that were all involved in all of that. And uh, we've got two we got two acts. you got Chris Pitts and Memphis Prime, and then you got Gerald Minnie's representing Memphis in the solo duo thing. Uh, Jared's going to be in, in probably in a couple of weeks, but we're going to have Chris Pitts and Memphis Prime, and this will be fun. They're really, really good, and you'll be entertained. So tune in for that, too. That's 8 p.m. Central, uh, running to 11 p.m. Central Sunday night. So, you know, there's a plug. How about that for a plug? Will that work? That's it. I'm gone. I'm out of here. 
Until next time, take care of yourselves. Take care of one another. For God's sake, stop shooting each other, all right? I'm Rick Cheddar, and this has been from Radioland. Rick Cheddar from Radioland is produced by Pirate Radio Studios Incorporated, Memphis, Tennessee. All music performed during this episode was used by permission. No part of this program can be rebroadcast or used in any other way except by written consent. For more, go to radio-memphis.com. 